Section 13 of Birds and Nature, Volume 12, Number 3, October 1902. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Finn Handyside. Some Dogs When I was a small boy, I lived with my parents in my grandfather's home. Here was grandfather's large dog, Rouse. He was a constant companion of my uncle in his work on the farm. His great desire was to carry something in his mouth when the team started for the field. He was often given a single tree, with which he marched along, showing evident satisfaction. One day he concluded to cut across a field instead of going around the road. The fence was a high rail one, and burdened with the weight of the heavy single tree, he could not jump over. After several vain attempts, he dropped his load, stood looking up and down the road, then looking at the single tree for a moment, picked it up and put it through between the rails. He then jumped over the fence, gathered up the single tree, and trotted on. One thing he absolutely refused to carry was an iron wedge, unless it was put in a basket. On one occasion, this same uncle lost the lash of the whip he was using in driving a yoke of oxen. He had another at the house, but it was nearly a mile distant. He wrote his want on a slip of paper, and giving it to Rouse, said, Take this to mother. He was soon scratching at the kitchen door. When the door was opened, he dropped the note on the floor, was given the whip lash, and hurried away to the field. A certain dog belonged to a doctor. He often trotted along under the buggy when the doctor went to call on his patients. On one occasion, the doctor rode horseback and hurriedly threw the bridle rein over a hitching post where the visit was made. The horse threw up his head, the bridle rein was freed from the post, and the horse started down the road. The dog saw the move and started after him. After some little difficulty, he caught the dangling rein brought the horse back to the post, and held him there until the doctor came out. On another occasion, a horse was tied to a post of the porch at the doctor's house. He got restless and was soon standing with four feet on the porch. The dog saw it, and catching him by the tail, pulled until he backed down and stood on the ground. There is a big shepherd dog not far from where I live that watches for the evening train. As soon as it appears, he runs to a certain place beside the track, where the mail clerk throws him a bundle of papers. He never fails to be at his post or on the way. A dog who was utilized to run a dog-powered churn at last grew tired and resorted to various schemes to get out of the work. Just after the churn had been made ready one day, the lady heard the vigorous bawling of a calf, and looking out, she saw the dog trying hard to get a calf into position to do the churning. After this, it was necessary to tie his dogship the night before if he was to be used next day. An Iowa dog who had suffered much from firecrackers on the 4th always disappeared soon after midnight of the third at the first shot of an anvil 
or cannon cracker. He spent the day in the country, far from town, and never returned until the noise had ceased. A friend who was a photographer had a large Newfoundland dog who had a great deal of curiosity about his makeup, as well as much sense. His face was always the first to appear at the village post office window when the mail was opened. The master was an old-time photographer when stronger water ammonia was much used in the preparation of paper. There was an assistant in the gallery who liked to tease the dog and knowing the trait of desiring to investigate every box or bottle that was opened, played many tricks on him, but none of them seemed to cure him or lessen this desire until he got a good full whiff of stronger ammonia, which laid him full length on the floor and made him less anxious to look into everything with his nose. His master had a book for the butcher and a different one for his account with the grocer. When meat or groceries were wanted, it was only necessary to give him a book in which had been written the articles desired, and a basket, and away he went. He knew where to go by the color of the book. Often in coming home with meat, he was set upon by other dogs who tried to rob him. One day, a large hound tried several times to get the meat, but was kept away by very significant growls. Becoming more determined, he made a final dash, when Newfoundland set the basket down and no hound ever got a sounder thrashing. Then with head and tail held high, the basket was carried home in triumph. Alvin M. Hendy End of section 13 Recording by Finn Handyside